From the Summer Skate Studios, Behind the Mask Hockey Present, College Hockey West Live. Behind the Masks, College Hockey West Live is brought to you by Desert Toyota of Tucson. No games, no gimmicks, just a great car buying experience. See us at DesertToyota.com or at 7150 East 22nd Street in Tucson. Top Golf, let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team building event. See your regional center or go to TopGolf.com. The NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations. TheMask.com online. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Creative Group. Search T. Grand Rudd at RedBubble.com. And let us help you design that one-of-a-kind gift for someone special. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. Italian comfort food quickly with locations in Tempe, Pine Top, and our ghost kitchen in Queen Creek. Order online at thespaghettishack.com. Liberty University. Play for something more, faith education at liberty.edu. Summer skates, whether our original red or new black shower shoes, show your game and style at summerskates.com. By the Caesar Sportsbook app, a proud partner of the NHL. College Hockey Live from the Summer Skate Studios, presented by Behind the Mask, as a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Matt Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans. Uh, Wednesday night. Uh, Wednesday night. There we go. I'm starting already. Sunday night confused as uh, scramble around here. Uh, if you've been following on Twitter, that I've had some health issues over the last couple of days. Uh, feeling better, but trying to get back on track with the podcast and the game coverage. So thank you for all the well wishes from everybody out there. Um, Scott Strandy with you tonight in Palm Springs, California, because they're still playing hockey here. Uh, my co-host is always Paul Hornstein joining me from that big, beautiful palatial estate out on Long Island, New York. Paul, what a crazy last uh, 48 to 72 hours in my life. Um, just glad to be here talking with everybody and um, talking hockey. Some medical issues? Well, that's <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, just, I just hope that when I get to be your age... <laughs> when's that uh, gonna be uh, next week <laughs> yeah it's it just yeah i'm not that far anyway but um I, i'm i am nearly as tough as you are oh well thank you for that but uh it's no, uh just it's, don't get let that go to your head because you know how i feel about complimenting you because yeah i know it's just a matter matter of perseverance i think uh maybe fear <laughs> it could be a lot of different things driving uh, it but uh, but anyway, uh, the disappointing part, obviously, as you know, is I was not able to attend the uh, Game 5 between Coachella Valley and the Wranglers from Calgary, uh, in which it was an overtime game again. Shock me, shock me, right? Let's see, emergency room, hockey game, emergency room, hockey game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Gosh, the choices are so difficult with my life on the line. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I get you being disappointed, but um, 
a lot of us would be disappointed if you would you know, we're not even going to get into that. So. Yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather not think about it. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm laughing. Um, Good. I'm still uh, still hanging in there. The uh, the podcast that I was planning on doing at, at 3.30 Pacific, it just isn't working out. Uh, no, so we're back to 6.30 Pacific. And tonight, a little later, because we've been shuffling around and trying to get set. I was planning on doing a podcast by the pool, but it's a little breezy here. So, uh, we got Apparently moved. It's it. always breezy there. Yeah, it is every night, man. It's like clockwork. It just comes off the mountain, um, mountaintops and rolls down the side of the mountain and just blows like crazy. It, it's every time it's sunset. It's crazy. Well, anyway, uh, listen, I lived in a place like that for a decade, except, um, it wasn't as warm on a regular basis, and it was um, where I, I lived in a different in a part of Queens called Rockaway, and um, it was windy there all the time because it was literally off the water. And um, um, well, yeah, and I, and, and I got to tell you, I mean, the one thing that I detest is wind. So it's really a struggle well, I mean, here. T- tell me that when you're in Palm Springs and once again in January <laughs> and it's, it's 75 degrees and, I, and, and yeah. I'm lucky if you add up the two numbers, if you add up the two numbers, it gets the equal of seven or, or whatever. So let's stop. Yeah, I would rather be uh, in Anaheim, which I'll get back to eventually. But the the Firebirds keep winning, Paul. They just they refuse to go away. Uh, now they are in the Western Conference Finals of the AHL, led by one Joey Decord. I don't know if you saw the uh, clip uh, of him in the locker room after the game, but he's uh, the past two games really. He's been a dynamite, um, and man, he he he's becoming a funeral, is what he's becoming here. Well, listen, apparently you can't have a playoff game anymore that doesn't go into overtime. Oh, yeah, apparently not. And, and uh, Because uh, in, in yeah, go NHL, ahead. you've got four games in the conference finals so far, and all four have gone to overtime. Yeah, it just tells you there's a thing called parity all the way across hockey. There's just so much talent now and so many game changers. What amazes me, though, is... Uh, and, and we'll get to college hockey here in just a minute, but we are doing a combined podcast tonight, so you can hang in there as long as you can. I know you're on the on the East Coast, and I'm on the West yeah. Coast, so whenever you drop, just go ahead and drop out. Don't worry about it, but uh, we are combining a special podcast um, section tonight where it be College Hockey West live for the first 45 minutes or so, and then we'll kick into – um, the Pro Hockey West report because there's just so much to talk about. Stephen Marsh was uh, in Vegas today, so he's got a report it's for us. I've, uh, huh? It's always in Vegas. Yeah, true. Uh, he was at uh, T-Mobile <laughs> tonight. He's always there too. But anyway, well, let me let me say. I'm, listen, I'm going to say this because, um, you know, we all listen. It was a a Sunday noon start in Vegas, and. We, we we know what the schedule is in Vegas. And I I know it's not the same schedule for the folks that live there as a folks as opposed to the visitors. But you know, it's still Vegas and it's still a Sunday noon start. You know, Paul, good Paul job let me tell you folks in Let me tell you this. If if you remember when when they opened up T Mobile and uh, announced the 
start of the season approaching, they they ran a twenty four hour yeah. <laughs> opportunity to select your seat because they're they're first, second, and third shift workers, and they wanted to include yeah. everybody. Which kudos to Bill Foley for that because that's what Vegas is all about. But yeah, I think and in the past uh, afternoon games have been a struggle. To be honest with you, for the Vegas Golden Knights, they haven't fared very well that I can recall uh, during afternoon games today. They did win in overtime, which is what I was getting to is like, um, other than that Florida game that went crazy four overtimes or whatever it was, um, Vegas and Dallas go to overtime, and then Vegas wins it uh, two minutes in. (laughs) Go explain that one to me, will you? Well, listen, Vegas scores a late goal to tie it up and then goes on to win and takes a 2-0 lead. Both games go to overtime. Um, But... Um, that Florida series, don't you know? Don't let's not forget Vegas has won their two home games. Florida's won two games on the road, and I'm not trying to downplay winning your home games because obviously, if you do that, you're going to win the series. But these one, these two minute overtimes are boring. You know, we need more of these four and five overtime games. <laughs> Speak for boring. yourself. I was up to one a.m. at a game here not long ago. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, I can't even tell. You. Listen, when they they played that five over the four overtime game, and let's not forget that they were twelve seconds away from going to a fifth overtime. My phone yeah. started buzzing all night, all night. And, and, and Chuck E. Cheese gotten it done, and it and, and it kind of woke me up about midway through the third overtime maybe i can't even and i made the mistake of like looking at my phone because i couldn't tell whether it was the 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 buzzing or my bladder that got me up (laughs) real real life in the 60s oh no oh Oh, geez second double overtime why did i look and now i'm sitting here what do i do what do i do what i did was basically um, I turned it on because I knew I had to put my head right back down on the pillow. I didn't put my glasses on. I couldn't really see, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And eventually I passed back out. Um, and all I know is I woke up again. I heard Kenny Albert say the Panthers win. I put my head right back down on the pillow and went back to sleep for another hour before I had to get up to go to work. Um, you know that's, you know that is uh, <laughs> also the negative of having so many friends and stuff on the West Coast, is because they were buzzing my phone all night Tuesday night with a certain election, and it wasn't me. No, it wasn't for a change. <laughs> um, with a certain um, city vote, shall we say? Um, and then Thursday night again. But yeah, let's let that's not let, let's. Well, Let's talk about this city vote briefly because we're going to save a lot of it for the Pro Hockey West report. But um, me, the big me. news that came out of this is with something I told you about, um, I don't know, a month and a half ago. One Logan Cooley, the draft pick of the uh, Arizona Coyotes, top three pick, by the way, and a very solid player for the University of Minnesota, um, had not made a decision on whether he was going to join the Coyotes next season or stay at Minnesota. I told you about a month and a half ago, he's waiting for the vote um, to see what happens. Um, 
he the vote happened and he made his decision. He's right. going back to Minnesota for another year. Yeah, I believe well, so was Jimmy Snugger, correct? And Justin Close. And Justin and, Close, the goaltender, correct? Yeah. Um, they get about three or four of those guys or five guys that were that could have left decided to go back. Um, I wonder how much of that piggybacked on each other. Oh, I'm sure. Their decisions first. I, I'm sure a whole bunch did that. Now the question is going to be, though, with the uncertainty of the Arizona Coyotes, and we'll get into this again deeper, but the uncertainty of them right now, um, does he become the first player in a long time, top-notch player, to just continue to play college hockey until his three years are up and then go wherever he wants? Uh, I think that this, I, I don't think so. Because whatever final resolution to that situation Okay, is, stop. Stop right then. there. We, you think there's going to be a final resolution in the next two years? I didn't say an arena. I just said a resolution. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. Um, when, when I see stuff coming out from, from the Coyotes' official website and Twitter accounts and things like that, and they're saying, like, hey, fans, where do you think we should yeah, locate whatever. our next I, I arena? Can't, can't, should it I be Mesa? Should it be Scottsdale? Should it be Gilbert? You're you're asking the fans now because oh. you were set on Tempe for the longest of times, and uh, and, and now you're going to ask your fan base where where you should build because I didn't know it was that easy. I didn't know the fans could say, "Hey, I want you in Mesa," and you'll just go find some land in Mesa and build a rink. Well, I didn't know it was that easy. I, I apparently it is, but um, no, it's not, and you know it. You know it's not that easy. All I know is I know where they are now, and I want them out of there. I don't care where they go <laughs> after that. I'd rather than stay in the state, but um, I, I I will just say this. Um, like I said, they'll have a resolution, whether it's the one. Whether it's stay there or be somewhere else, they will have, by then, uh, had that figured out. Like I said, it, I'm not saying they'll be in, in, a, in a new Mesa arena, but we'll certainly know by then whether or not that's where they're going to end up if they stay. And we certainly know if they don't stay, they'll be the resolution will happen by then. So I, I just think that... Uh, we're going to see if the Coyotes have learned their lessons. I don't think they have, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with you. Because I'll, maybe I'll yeah. stay a few minutes for the, the, the second half. But Well, we're and um, let me tell the audience as well, it's a special Pro Hockey West report that will be starting in about, I don't know, 25 minutes or so, maybe right. sooner. Um, Nick Maxson is going to join us. Uh, of course, my co-host on the Pro Hockey West report, Stephen Marsh, will be joining us, and we will uh, – kind of roundtable this thing a little bit. Plus, we'll talk AHL. Um, we'll talk NHL, as we always do on the show. But, okay, so before we run out of time on this abbreviated portion of the college part of things, um, the uh, <laughs> Team USA just continues oh. to destroy uh, opponents and now 5-0 and in the World Championships. Stop. And Stop. Uh, What's with this team, Paul? Wrong. What is with it? Wrong, wrong, as usual, wrong. Six and zero. Oh. So my, I'm sorry. 
I've lost track of days here over the last few days. Well, I get that. Six and zero. Let's go there. Let's playing, go six and zero. Yeah, when they're playing, where you know where they're playing, which is over in Eastern Europe, it's very easy to lose track of where, who, when, and where, and all that other nonsense. But, yeah, but I can't keep track of my own time zone. Well, I know that, but um, like I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch the games this weekend, but I don't even know what time. I, even if I look <laughs> at the website, I know it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but anyway. But they beat France. The U.S. beat France today 9 nothing. Um, they've pretty much clinched first place in their in their pool. Um, and I think first place in the other pool has been clinched by the, not the Canadians, but the Swiss, by the way. Yeah, go figure that one. And by the way, well, if you hear me jumping, I haven't eaten yet, so I'm, I'm, I'm eating pizza on the go here. Well, that's, you know, I hope it's good pizza, although I will, you know, keep my mouth It's shut. good, but it's cheap. How about that? It's it's not it's not from here, so. Um, and we know how dominated Team USA is by these co- by the college players. Uh, Cutter Gauthier, um, who is uh, from Scottsdale, is, is in the top 10 in scoring, as is... Uh, T.J. Tynan is in the top 10 in scoring uh, for the tournament. I've seen a lot of T.J. Tynan. He is unbelievable. How that kid's not in the NHL, I'll never know. I I don't know. Um, I I, I don't know. I'm sure Ontario uh, is happy to have him, even if uh, he's not playing for the Kings at the moment. Um, And Rocco Grimaldi is like third in the whole tournament scoring. Uh, yeah. And anybody surprised about Rocco Grimaldi? Grimaldi? No, no. I, I told you that when I did no, a feature with him. No, you called that. You absolutely called yeah. that. Um, I visited with him in San Diego. A, I was happy he was back near home. Didn't last the whole season. They traded him to Rockford at the end of the year. But boy, he has something to prove. And I watched him, Paul, <laughs> multiple times in the AHL this year. Um, yeah, he's doing it all right. He's... Uh, He's making everybody go like, why don't you pick this guy up? I know his diminutive size, but um, he scored at every level. Every level. Well, listen, you can't teach goal scoring. I don't care. Uh, You can't do it. And, you know, I know a team that can use a guy to put the puck in the net or another guy that can put the puck in the net. Um, I don't see it happening. Like I, you know, I don't see him playing about ten minutes from where I work, but uh, <laughs> maybe Rocco will be back in Southern California after this World uh, Championships, and I can put in a good word for him to maybe. sign as a free agent with the Islanders. But you know, Cutter Gauthier is 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 second in the tournament in goals with six, uh, only behind Dominic Kubalik uh, of the Czech Republic. Uh, who, oh, by the way, is one fast, fantastic hockey player as well. Yeah, I mean, but again, you look at this Team USA roster, and uh, they went young, and they went fast, especially on the big ice. Um, but they got their biggest test coming up as they take uh, take on the Swedes in the final game um, in terms of, you know, Finishing undefeated in their pool, they're six and zero. 
They, they, they've won the pool based on what I see the standings are. Um, but, you know, I mean, they have 18 points and Sweden has 14. So even if they beat the U.S. tomorrow, um, I don't know, maybe Sweden has another game. So maybe they haven't clinched. Uh, I'll have to double check that. Maybe they haven't clinched. But um, that would make it an even bigger game for, uh, for the actual for the lead in the pool. Um, yeah, okay. That's they're, they're, Sweden's getting ready to basically play. Uh, today's what, the 20th? No, <laughs> Depends seven, where you I, are. I can't keep track. <laughs> like I said, I'm, I'm at the IHF. IHF. It's it's a, trying to figure it out. They still have another play, game to play against Denmark. Uh, Denmark is in the middle of the pack uh, in net pool A. So it's not like. Uh, they don't have a chance to win some of those games, but um, setting up a big game probably for you know for for the first place in uh, in Group A, and um, this has kind of been a situation where um, I, I think it's a little bit surprising. Team USA has only given up five goals in six games. That's a pretty good average. So, yeah, you think. <laughs> Look at the save percentages on those goaltenders. It's incredible. Uh, <laughs> They're insane. I mean, um, well, one thing, Paul, I want to throw this out quickly before we leave this topic, but the uh, the goaltending in USA hockey has really, really gotten good from the, the, the 14, 15-year-olds all the way up to the, the world championship group. Uh, there are a lot of really, really good um U.S.-born goaltenders. Well, I mean, it runs in streaks, right? I mean, for the longest time, you had uh, Finnish goalies, and you had a bunch of U.S. goalies. You'd get drafted highly, and it was kind of the Finns. Now it's kind of the Russians. Um, but um, when you have... Uh, goaltending like the u.s is getting and they're getting this and they're not uh exactly facing uh a ton of shots like say the slovakian goalie is but he's also played all six games whereas the u.s has split it down the middle so i mean the save percentages not 95 and a half and just over 95 um cal peterson has got uh, like a point seven two goals. These are just nuts. Um, now it's a question of do they continue it into the uh, playoff rounds? So here's what I want to continue. I want you to continue to turn your mic up just a bit. <laughs> it's really hard to hear really? you. Uh, no, that's better. Much better. Well, now I'm eating the damn thing. Uh, well, it, it it might be on your All volume right. on your phone if you turn your phone be. volume up a little bit. But anyway. That, but okay. Anyway, um, but yeah, it, it sounds much better. And as long as we're on the goaltending topic, big news right. I was told uh, that went to you first and then on to me because I'm second fiddle now uh, from um, Joe Semptonfelter that TJ has been invited to uh, the Buffalo Sabres camp this summer. Yeah, it's great. Uh, we got that, and uh, that's, that's really awesome news. Um, you know, the more Sun Devils we can get to to – to uh, you know, these Where's the school around. again? Denver? Denver? CC? Where's that? Where's that? Where's that? 
<laughs> Coach yeah. Mayotte, if you're listening, he did not go to CC. <laughs> I did not. Um, I could have gone to Denver. They sent me mail at just about every day. When I was yeah, apparent, I, I talked to the people in Denver. Apparently, that was all an error. Computer I'm sure error. it was. I, I can't <laughs> imagine computers. They didn't have computers back then. Um, Somebody was just handwriting them, sending yeah, them out to bored. see. They, they found this guy in New York, and they thought, ah, let's just give it a shot. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> um, and Ryan Alexander is going to Detroit camp. And, um, you know, so I don't know if those are the only two guys that are going. But we know those guys are going. Oh um, well, Ty Murchison's going to go to Philadelphia. I hope he wears his hazmat suit. That's all <laughs> I have to say about that. We know for um, certain, but there'll be others too, uh, depending yeah, on what that so, full roster looks like. I'm into that tomorrow on Tuesday. Um, what the roster building and the coaching ASU looks like. But another college goaltender, Paul, that is really making a mark. And I know you're not surprised because I'm not surprised either, but how good has Dryden McKay been for the Newfoundland growlers? That's my man right there. I hate the fact. Oh that my goodness. First of all, here's, I'm gonna, all why is he in this, the ECHL? That's not listen, even fair. This is, listen, this is all I'm going to say. Okay. Um, my favorite team in Canada I don't know why you haven't called him up because uh, I don't care what you say his development stage is. He's better than anything you have now. And that's why the GM is gone. And that's why the assistant GM is gone. And, you know, my my brother in law likes to listen to sports talk in, in in cities after their teams lose big games. I told them listen to sports talk when Toronto loses that series in Toronto and you want to hear stuff that will make you absolutely howl with laughter. Um and, <laughs> and if and if the loafs don't want them, I hey uh you t- a team in Western Canada who's uh, team name rhymes with um, boilers. <laughs> Let's just call it out. They're the Edmonton Oilers, and they need goaltending oh in the worst God. way. Oh sorry, sorry, guys. Uh, uh, Skinner and uh, and and the guys that have tried. Um, but man, if you're Matthew, oh. uh, Matthew Kachuk, if you're <laughs> if you're uh, Connor McDavid and you're uh, Leon Drysaddle, you have to be just begging ownership to find a goaltender because anyway, that's all they are away go, from from the advancing in the Stanley Cup finals. Go get the playoffs. Go get the friggin Zamboni driver in Toronto to play God oh, jeez, seriously? <laughs> yeah, but it's oh, you just brought up two Canadian teams that can't find a goaltender to save their lives. Well clearly because they I mean I mean, it's just, and well, and and I'm not so much anti Edmonton. I'm not going to say I don't thoroughly. But you are anti Toronto. <laughs> yeah, I'm thoroughly enjoying that. <laughs> Hold um, on a minute here. The audience wants to know who do you dislike more in the NHL, Toronto or Philadelphia? That's a really good question. That's why I asked it. That's a really good question. I don't know if there is an answer to that question. Can we just put it down as a tie? You can. 
In this case, I agree with Todd. With no shootout? No shootout. I know how you love shootouts, so that's why I brought yeah. that up. <laughs> but here's the thing. In that shootout, would anybody win? <laughs> um, no, because every shot would go in, so they would just never stop shooting. Yeah, good point. Um, so anyway, congratulations to Dryden McKay and the job he's doing um, in the in the ECHL. And, and you know, God forbid that kid's got to move up. Uh, I know he has his his issues that he had to deal with um, coming out of Mankato, and uh, but you know what, he he's made it. He's atoned for his errors. Let's say. And it's time to uh, take him for what he is, one heck of a great goaltender. Oh, there's there's no doubt. I mean, like I said, I just, I don't understand. I'm sure there's politics involved um, because there always is. We, don't, we tend not to think that there are politics involved in pro sports, but there absolutely is. Well, absolutely. Is he, because he's not 6'5", is that what the problem is? Because Dustin Wolf is feeling that. Uh, and nobody can tell me differently. He's not in the NHL because he's not 6'5". Yeah, but let me I tell you, he can jump to about 7'5". I don't really stop the puck. That's all I give a crap about. I don't I don't care how tall you are. Okay, if, if it was about physical size, then why don't they just find some 500-pound guy and put him in front of the net and just leave him there? <laughs> nice to worry idea. about him skating. <laughs> nice idea. Just have him cover up the whole net. Yeah, he just covers up the whole Let the puck yeah. just hit him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, I love it. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to get those goaltender notes in uh, before we did much more. Um, I know you got a few more to talk about in the last 15 minutes or so, so let's take a quick break. Let's get our apartment, okay. and then let's jump back in, and you can finish things up in minutes or so. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment. We need to borrow things like, or need a new mouthpiece during the season. That just because you are fully outfitted to start the season, doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all your time at the rink goes smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations online at BehindTheMask.com. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey, all that, and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegers. And they score on the lacrosse move! Jake Gensel. banks it towards the goalie score! Jay McCarr. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Oh my goodness Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine, then air dry overnight, and they're ready for their next shift at the rink. 
customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey players, are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. To IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. From the nation's best college hockey conference. Access exclusive on-demand content and watch more than 140 live games. Ready for you wherever you are, however you want to watch. On your phone, computer, or stream to your TV. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. When you can't be there, be here. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack is located at 6340 South Rural Road in Tennessee and 592 West White Mountain Boulevard in Pine Top, as well as its Ghost Kitchen in Queen Creek. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. Coming to you from the Summer Skate Studios, it's ITHSW Podcasts, College Hockey, West Weekly. West Weekly, West Live, or whatever. We're all confused, but anyway, it's still a good... And Paul, Paul by the way, there's a new Spaghetti Shack that has opened really? up now on Rural Road, um, just off of Rural Road in the heart of Tempe uh, and the campus at Arizona State. So, Joey and the guys, shout out to you guys. I promise I'm going to get there soon and get some... Uh, Meatball Monday Madness. How about that? On campus? <laughs> it's on the campus of Arizona State. Yeah. Uh, they're open now. They're uh, they're well, serving why, things why, up and why, go from there. Why, could, why weren't they there when I went to school? Nobody yeah, I don't know. Nothing was there. Like, I, I don't know. There Nothing was there when you went there. But Scott Strandy with you tonight from Palm Springs, California, as we do a uh, – a combined podcast of College Hockey West Live and the Pro Hockey West Report. Paul Hornstein, my longtime co-host out on Long Island, New York. Uh, once again, thanks uh, to everybody for the well wishes. It's, it's great to be back, uh, propped up like Weekend and Bernie's. But, uh... Yeah, well, that's always, <laughs> forget that's always been the case, whether you were sick or not. But anyway, it, it's great to be back on the air and, and doing what we love to do. So um, anyway, uh what else you got to wrap up the last, I don't know, seven minutes or so of uh, College Hockey West Live tonight in this abbreviated version? Well, there's a couple of things I guess we could talk about. Players are still going into the portal. I, 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 don't, I thought that that would be over by now, but I guess it's not yet. Um, um, players have gone in there uh, as – Late as last Friday, there's another one uh, this past Thursday or Friday, whatever the 18th was. Um, and players are still committing to various places. It's just craziness. 
I think they need to shorten this period of time when guys can actually go into the portal. Make it a little more uniform, I guess, like waiting until after the Frozen Four. And I mean, if you can't figure it out in 30 days or the, the, your, your, the school can't figure it out in 30 days, then, then you know, that there's a, that's a bigger problem. So, I mean, guys are still going into the portal. Guys are still committing to schools. There's still a ton of guys that haven't been able to find a spot anywhere. I feel sorry for those guys, but Paul. Paul, let me ask you this real quickly. We had uh, Rick Zombo on the head coach from Lindenwood University, and and we asked him about recruiting at the uh, NCAA level now versus the ACHA level, and he said, you know, in the ACHA level, it's just getting started in April. In the NCAA level, it's all over. <laughs> at least for this year, you pretty much know who your team are. That's kind of changing a little bit right now a with lot. this portal it's thing, isn't it? Um, it, it, like I said, I, I understand the portal. I'm not completely pro portal or anti portal. Um, I, I think we do have to wait to, uh, what happens when all the COVID years are done. Cause we're still in the middle of that. And, um, and we'll see how it settles down. Cause I, I think it, it will. I mean, it has to, but we'll see. I mean, but I mean, I think they need to shorten the time where you can get in there. I mean, if you, like I said, if I think it's like sixty days. Why do Why do we need two months? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't know. There, the frozen, there's so many if tweaks the, if the that can be done. Four, if the Frozen Four is the first week April, you know, and I guess we're not really that far past the middle of. But I just no enough. I just we're a month enough. past it. What do you mean? It just it just seems crazy. I I just it just seems like it's way too much time for these players to go in the portal, especially for teams that didn't even get at the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's craziness. It's craziness. There's no doubt about it. So um, there's that, um, and the other thing which we probably can touch on a little bit more tomorrow, you know, whenever we we start is there was some uh, <laughs> hold on a minute whenever we start tomorrow we're going to be on time at 6 30 p.m pacific time. Oh, listen, listen, we'll, 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 i don't know how many live listeners listeners we ever have it's about downloads anyway so um but you know there are there were there were some moves that uh might be signaling what people expect to happen in college sports and we've talked about it before so, you know, we'll see uh, in terms of conferences and things like that and, and how they're going to operate. So we'll have more time to talk about that tomorrow or, or Tuesday, whatever you want. I mean, either way. Well, hopefully we're um, going to have a guest on Tuesday. Hopefully it's a really good one if I get well, my hopefully. way, but we'll see. <laughs> well, hopefully. And, uh, well, you know. okay. Well, it's abbreviated. Uh, I'm back, so that's a good thing, I think. Um, well, listen, and... <laughs> better than the alternative, if you understand my point. Yeah, I get it. Um, so anyway, why don't, you wrap, why don't you wrap up this part of the show, and then we'll play the open, and we'll bring on uh, uh, two more guys, and we'll talk roundtable here for a little bit. And as soon as you're ready to drop off, you just let me know, my friend. All right, from the Summer Skate Studios, behind the mask, College Hockey West Live on the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. 
brought to you by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos Worldwide. It's where the action is in the resort or in town. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three value locations are behindthemask.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style. Available are two locations, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, as well as 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. For the NCHC and NCHC.TV, subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Tag Creative Group, T. Grand Rudd on Redbubble.com. Let us help you design that one-of-a-kind gift for you or someone special. The Caesar Sportsbook app. Download the app where available, but please play responsibly. And Liberty University, over 700 programs of study to help you impact your community on and off the ice. Strengthen your faith at our state-of-the-art campus. See us at liberty.edu. College Hockey West Live, presented by Behind the Mask, is live every week on the Podbean app and available for download along with all of our weekly podcasts at your favorite podcast platform. Search ITHSW Podcasts, all one word, to find any of our shows. Subscribe, rate, and review the shows, or just tell a friend to help others find the podcast. Behind the Mask's College Hockey West Live and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. We will uh, don't go anywhere. Don't let anybody go anywhere. Just hang in there. Yeah, I don't know how this works. (laughs) Here's how it's going to work. I'm going to replay the open. I'm going to replay the new Pro Hockey West report open. And, uh, and, well, first we'll play a little Hell on New Days to to kind of buffer it. And then we'll uh, we'll get started again. So uh, just hang tight. From the Tag Creative Group Studios, Toyota presents the Pro Hockey West Report. The Pro Hockey West Report is brought to you by the Tag Creative Group, your one-stop shop for unique designs or that one-of-a-kind gift idea for yourself or someone special. Search T. Grand Rudd on redbubble.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, Las Vegas' best barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, or 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Behind the Mask, the Valley's experts for all things hockey. Find any of our three Valley locations and more at BehindTheMask.com. The Caesars Sportsbook app, an official partner of the NHL. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian food quickly in Tempe, Pine Top, and Queen Creek. Order online at TheSpaghettiShack.com. Top Golf. Go to TopGolf.com to play the world's greatest golf courses and more, all in one place. Jets Pizza, with over 400 locations in 20 states, better pizza because it has to be. Find a location near you at JetsPizza.com. By Toyota, support the dealers that support hockey in your community. Finlay and Henderson, Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California, Peterson in Fort Collins, Colorado, and Desert Toyota in Tucson. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Book your stay now at any of our locations around the world at Caesars.com. The Pro Hockey West Report presented by Toyota is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. From the Tag Creative Group Studios, here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. 
All right, the podcast doubleheader continues. Scott Strandy with you tonight, Palm Springs, California. Shout out to my friends here at the Motel 6. Believe it or not, uh, I have found a little hidden gem that is a great place to stay uh, at a very, very good rate. And a shout out to the Motel 6 out of North Palm Springs, California, where they are getting it done for us. Uh, my host is always Stephen Marsh joining me from that beautiful, vibrant city um, where it's about to become a football city once again. But anyway, it's Golden Knight City right now. Stephen, how are you? Well, I could tell you that the Motel 6 rates here in Las Vegas are not uh, that low. Uh, <laughs> with uh, EDC going on here this weekend, <laughs> the room rates are all through the roof, I'm sure, uh, even for the little Motel 6s that we have here. And uh, yeah, there's, there's a big football game coming up here in in a few months uh there was the but uh there's also some big hockey aspirations still well underway here in uh, in vegas here over the next few weeks yeah absolutely well as i said uh we're doing a double header we just finished up college hockey west live uh i'm back i'm propped up in a chair like weekend at bernie's um missed a, a friday night game but Anyway, it's better to be healthy and back than it is to uh, go to a hockey game, I'm told. I'm still debating that, but anyway. Uh, better to be alive. <laughs> so we can have a little round table. And not be alive. Yeah, because yeah, the alternative, you wouldn't be going to any hockey games if you weren't alive. Yeah, so. Unless they have that up, yeah. up above. Yeah. Unless they have unless they have hockey games up above in the uh, in the heaven <laughs> yeah. uh, beer league or whatever. Well, <laughs> I'm sure they must. I mean, Gordy Howe's there, and yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, so we're gonna have a little roundtable. Here's how we're gonna break it down. I'm gonna introduce our guests in just a minute, and um, we will talk about uh, the unique Coyote situation first. Then we'll break into a little AHL, and we'll let Stephen uh, wait all the show to talk about what happened today at T-Mobile Arena. So um, welcoming into the show, Paul Hornstein. You heard him pipe up a little earlier in yeah. Long Island, New York. Paul's staying up late for us tonight. And Nick Maxson is joining us again. It's great to have Nick back from Minneapolis, Apple Valley, Minnesota, somewhere in Minnesota in the central time zone. Nick also staying up late for us tonight. So, Nick, welcome back into the show. Um, Scott, Stephen, and Paul with you. How have you been and how are things up there in the uh, – the great white north, which isn't white anymore, I hear. A lot more green and not green and meaning the Dallas Stars, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Anyway, great to have you in. So I'm going to start things off. I, I don't have to introduce Paul because he already jumped in anyway. So uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I want to start things off by big news on Tuesday. Well, I guess officially big news. Um, but anyway, um, we, <laughs> we came, um, to a conclusion kind of in Tempe, Arizona with the Arizona Coyotes. So, uh, we're going to go around the horn. I'm going to start with Nick because he's, he's the guy from the, the, the spot that hasn't been involved in our conversations. I know Stephen and Paul, I have been, uh, chatting it up a little bit, but Nick, what were your thoughts when you heard, um, that the vote did not pass and it wasn't close? Uh, Nick was obviously stunned. 
Yeah, he didn't have anything to say. He was just stunned. <laughs> he, the, he, he couldn't. Well, he was saying something. We just couldn't hear it. But anyway, uh, well, we connect, reconnect with Nick and try to get a better uh, sound quality connection. Um, Steven, your thoughts, uh, if you can. Well, uh, let us know what, what well, you thought when you how, had that. How dare the uh, voters of Tempe deny the Coyotes an opportunity to be a part of this? I mean... What is wrong with them? I mean, there was going to be no public money involved. I mean, there was no cost to them, I mean, from what, what they were proposing. There was nothing wrong with this project. Uh, <laughs> okay. Paul? <laughs> what, what, and Stephen's fully tongue-in-cheek, by the way, folks. Go ahead, Paul. Can't Im- sarcasm? That's my job, Stephen. We're going to have to go. We're going to have to duke this out. <laughs> um, <sighs> listen, I mean, we... we, 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 we... <sighs> We both know, and we've said it a thousand times, if that land was any good, Michael Crow would have bought it years ago. And that's all that really needs to be said. Okay? Um, why they would not have, an, and I don't know the, 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 the traffic patterns have changed so much since the early 90s but um, going out to Mesa where you don't have to worry about a landfill why weren't you doing that in the first place is is it that <laughs> much of a difference is it really that much of a difference um, between that spot and Tempe uh, it's not like Fiesta Mall was in the southeast corner of Mesa <laughs> no. You've been doing your research, huh? Well, listen, unless Mesa moved physically. <laughs> no. I've been to Fiesta Mall. It has uh, not. I was at the, I've been to Fiesta Mall. So there is not that much of a difference. Why wouldn't go there first? It's bizarre. <laughs> but um, it's, they're not there they're not there second either, by the way. Uh, okay, well, we get your point. We got Nick back. Let's see if we can hear Nick a little better. Nick, can we hear you? I can hurt you. We can hear you a little well, let's bit. Let's put it this way. I, but, I have, uh, we've done this before, and it, it actually kind of sounds better when you actually listen to the download um, and you turn up your headphones. So I'm just I'm just saying that we, <laughs> we kind of struggle with it a little bit hearing them, but it, it sounds a little bit better when we actually download the podcast and you listen. So, All right. Fire away, Nick. Your thoughts? Not surprised. Um it's interesting how this is really an indictment on the Coyotes as a whole in terms of the history of the franchise. You know, I'm not sure if we're having the same conversation if ownership had been stable. Granted, teams are successful. They go ups and downs. Ask the Chicago Blackhawks. You know, they've had a couple of cups, and now they're going through a rebuild process. They now are going to likely draft Connor Bedard, but... It's it's saddening because the NHL really needs to be in Arizona. It really, really does. And the NHL basically has said the same thing by its actions. They do not want to leave the market. I do think that there's a ripple effect throughout the game of hockey if they're unable to make it work. So it's sad. But also, they didn't have to go to a referendum. There was uh, an attorney that, I'm trying to remember the name, but I think his name is Daniel Wallach, who said, that had they paid the $30 million up front or agreed to it, it would not have had to go to a public referendum, potentially, and they could have just started building this thing. And now 
the franchise is in limbo. Uh, I don't see any other option right now that is in Arizona that at least that we haven't heard of. So it's it's tough. Relocation right now seems to be the number one priority for the league. Well, they're, they're looking at some other options supposedly, and one yeah. one thing we we seem like we know for sure is that they are going to play at Molot Arena for another season as they try to figure out what what they could do. It's smoke, Mark, Stephen, and I. Hear it's smoke. <laughs> but here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. When when you're at this point where not only does you know the city like the city of Glendale kicked out the coach, now the voters of Tempe have made a pretty resounding rejection of the team, of its ownership, of the NHL, right? And so to me, yeah, they have it in place, but the only reason they were in Tempe to begin with, Stephen, remember, is that there had to be a long-term plan. To me, the Coyotes' days are numbered. I would say less than 100 days unless something with a concrete plan or proposal is put in. The Coyotes are not going to be playing at Mola Arena in 23-24. That's the only reason they're, again, the league's losing money, the Players Association does not want to be there, the facilities are substandard, the other owners are losing out on revenue sharing because of this. So to me, the only way that Coyotes are staying in Tempe for 23-24, if a, another proposal is put up before the summer, I would say even July 1, they have less than 100 days before that uh, team is going to be talking more relocation than staying in Arizona. Well, here's here's interesting, too. I don't know if this necessarily does with, with Mola, but this was from the New York Post. They quoted an article from, from Slapshots, and I don't know how accurate this is, but it says that the, several Coyotes players filed multiple complaints with the PA during the season about substandard travel, lodging, and log logistical issues that were in violation of the collective bargaining agreement. So that's well, interesting. It's not interesting at all. It's, it's facts. I mean, again, yeah. the, whole, the whole reason, as I mentioned before, Stephen, Mold Arena and that agreement was a temporary plan as long as something permanent was in its future. We don't have that right now. So to me, yeah, you could say, oh, we're going to play there. We don't see that. But that is all PR BS. That's all what it is right now. Oh, but Nick, it's the best It's the best rink in the NHL. It's the best home atmosphere in the NHL from what they say. <laughs> it, it might be. At the end of the day, again, this, you know, that, that's a cover shield. That's all the league is doing. Is they're, looking, they're looking to salt, which they can't get out of the wound. I would be shocked. If this team is playing in Tempe without some sort yeah. of proposal on the table, it's not going to happen. Just based on what you said, Stephen, again, the players don't like it. The PA has its grievances. The league and the owners it, don't even like it. They're losing money off of this deal. So it's not set in stone by any stretch. Yeah, it's 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 pretty uh... – it's pretty much. I went to the I went to the game this year when the Golden Knights played there. And, you know, it's it's kind of a cute thing to to maybe for experience one time, but but to have that be a, a situation for for several years and and the league was as you said was going to be willing to put up with it for several years if if this was going to lead to something for for them to have in the future with with Tempe. But yeah, I mean with with the, with with that not as in the in the works, um, they're not going to allow. I mean, it's it's kind of. It's kind of it's it's kind of embarrassing, really, that they they're playing in that kind of a a, a rink. I mean, you go to these NHL rinks; they're eighteen thousand. I mean, I'm you know and stuff, and it's and then they're playing at a, you know, and and some fans have to sit on these hard these hard like bleacher seats, like you, you sit in a college gymnasium. I mean, that was some Golden. I remember when I was I, I remember some Golden Knights fan had tickets, and they didn't know that their seats weren't even going to have a back to. They were just sitting on these bleacher blocks. I mean, NHL fans are not going to pay and going to put up with sitting on bleacher blocks for an, an NHL game uh, for several years. So, <laughs> no, and Scott, remember too, the NHL is still a ticket 
you know, generate, you know, revenue generated leagues. So when you talk about less than 5,000 seats too, again, this affects the owner's pocketbooks. Um, that's the other thing, you know, I know the, the cities have been floated as far as your location. Salt Lake, the problem with Salt Lake is that arena is only 14,000 seats, which is below uh, the Winnipeg arena, which was supposed to get seating upgrades to get it above NHL standards. So to me, that's another little bit of a quagmire to me. I still feel like Houston is number one just based on uh, readiness of the arena plus the arena size, ownership. But here's the other thing, and Scott, I want to get your input on this. Alex Marilella holds the cards here because the league, yeah, could they technically force him to sell, but he still has all the cards in this uh, in this equation because there's nothing that says he has to. The league can force him out, but really it's up to him to try to put something together. And so far, whatever he's done has failed. Okay, I, I, I'm going to spit this out. And, 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 and this way I can get uh, Nick's comments on this before I, you know, 420 comes early in the morning. Before you doze uh, off. <laughs> yeah. Um, number one, um, they are talking about a proposal in the city of Mesa. And to based on what you say, Nick, and I don't necessarily disagree with you, but that plan that they're talking about um, – they better get it on steroids and get it figured out pretty darn fast. That's one. Two, uh, they have announced that they are going to play at Mullet this year. My guess is that's because other arenas already kind of have their schedules and things booked. Two or three or whatever the heck. Um, I don't think Salt Lake is out of the question because I think they want to use or they're talking to the owner of the Jazz who is interested because they want a new arena and they want to use it to bring the Olympics back to Salt Lake City. Um, as in what, terms what, of- what about the what about the um, the idea that they might go to the new uh, Phoenix Suns owner and try to see if they can well, not I, happen? I think th- I, that put is that, not happening. Put that to bed right. It's not happening. That is not okay. happening. That, that arena is not ready um, for hockey. Okay. No. Or the could they rent it? Could they upgrade it and make it? Make no, it more they hockey? just did. They just okay. did. Okay. They spent millions, billions. The, to, okay. to upgrade it. I just wanted to throw the that other, out there because that's been talked about. The other thing, uh, and and I know that they have to get things settled in Ottawa and they have to get things settled in Arizona, is we know that once that's done, the NHL is going to expand. And I, there is no way in heck after losing money, like on the Coyotes for the last couple of years, that this league is going to pass up on at least $750 million from Houston and Atlanta to 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 get expansion teams and 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 I don't think and and, and moving the Coyotes to Houston and selling them to Tillman Fertitta, who I don't think is really interested in owning a hockey team at this point, um, makes sense. Um, but uh, seven hundred and fifty to a billion dollars for an expansion team. Um, and adding two top 10 TV markets in the U.S. to your TV contract, that makes much more sense to me. And if people don't think that Atlanta's legit, as long as Anson Carter's involved in that, they're going. They're going to Atlanta. Um, again, you know, same situation, right? Ownership, uh, bad marketing, what do you want to call it with Atlanta? We see echoes of that here in Arizona. And to Stephen, to point out, the counties don't, they can't tenants. That's why the Phoenix Arena doesn't work right now. The whole reason they left Phoenix in the first place was operating losses, right? City of Glendale, they need to own their building. They need to yep. get the revenue generated from those buildings so they cannot be a tenant in somebody else's barn right now. 
or else we're back at square one. I do hope, and, and maybe we haven't said this enough, guys. I would love the Coyotes to stay in Arizona. I would. Hockey fans, the NHL needs it to be in Arizona. That's why they haven't pulled the plug on it already. If they really didn't feel like that was an important market, they would have done it already, right? The thing is, you've had now citizens. You've had multiple ownership changes. The NHL has taken over this franchise a couple different times in the interim, right? You kind of wonder if the public perception of this team is that it's just, you know, the damaged goods. Like, it just, it's, is it too far from being saved? And I say that because going back to the Mesa project, it sounds like that would also have to go to a public vote for an approval for whatever project that they propose. And if that's what you are going up against, which is just a failed vote in Tempe, you're going to be swimming up water already with that deal. So you kind of wonder if the NHL is going to maybe use the Mesa to buy time. I still feel like, and I want them to stay there, but Scott, I want to get your opinion on this. Is it just at this point is really <laughs> one right now? It has to be. Yeah. Uh, Remember, Scott, this is only you. an hour show. <laughs> let me let me tell you a couple of things. Um, the first thing is that um, you're right, Nick. This is about the money. Uh, Alex Murillo should have put the money up. He should have done things differently uh, to start. Uh, he's had nothing but a bad track record. Um, and, and that's really where, where things started. Uh, the city of Tempe, I was told, was never going to approve this on their own. They did not want to because they didn't have the votes, and they did not want to be the bad guys. That That's the bottom line here. Nobody wants to be the bad guy. Gary Bettman doesn't want to be. Alex Murillo doesn't want to be. Uh, the, the city council in Tempe doesn't want to be. Nobody wants to be the bad guy in this situation. So guess what? Put it to a vote of the city of Tempe, and now there's, what, thirty to 100,000 people that are the bad guys. Okay? So there you go. Um, as far as moving to another site, um, th that that's Nick said it best. That's a smokescreen because you can't possibly pick up and find a new location that quickly. If you could have, you would have been doing that, you know, 18, 24 months ago. So this, this dream of going into, um, going into the, uh, and I think we're going to lose Paul here. He's got to be up early. So, Paul, thanks for joining in. We appreciate your your late-night opinion. We'll talk to you tomorrow, get some sleep. Um, but anyway, so when you uh, when you look at what's going on, um, I'm kind of losing my train of thought here. But anyway, the, you can't just go – there's a building in Mesa. There's still – the only thing that's happened is that the, the people that own the, the old uh, mall over there, the Fiesta Mall, have said they want to demolish – the mall. That's all they've said. They haven't said they're going to sell it or agree to sell it or want it to be rezoned for a for a sports complex. None of that's been done at this point. So you're way, way premature if you're Alex Murillo and thinking that you've got a site there. Um, and anyway, the, the best location for them actually would be on the Salt River Indian Reservation, which has the 101 and the 202 as its uh, cross streets. But but there's a there's a problem there that that has to be agreed to by the tribe, and they're not going to allow Alex Murillo to have his sports book, which is where he was going to recoup a lot of the money that he's investing into this. And if he doesn't have the sports book, it's kind of a mute point. Why why would he do it? Um, now to get to the point of the players, yes, the players uh, were were gagged pretty much this this year to to not say anything um, that uh, visiting and uh, home players, 
Um, after the season ended, things opened up. After the new PA, um, I don't know, executive director or whatever took over, uh, things started to open up. So you're right. They, they can't continue to play in Mullet Arena. Now, will they play there this year? I could see them playing there this year. And, again, it's a money deal, Nick, and here it is. Um, if they don't um, fulfill their agreement with the Oakview Group and Arizona State, they're going to be owing a good chunk of money because keep in mind – there, there's uh, tickets that were sold. There's um, revenue that was anticipated. There are dates that were blocked. There's um, four major components of, of food and beverage that would want to be reconciled. You know, you know, I don't know what the right word is, but um, they, so so they're kind of up a creek. They, they got to either stay there or they're going to have to fork out more money to leave because they signed a contract. Um it's not a good deal. It's not a good deal by any stretch. Do I believe, Nick, that they could possibly be gone? Yeah, I do. I, I, I think relocation for them at this point might be the best thing. I mean, all you have to do is look at a kid that plays hockey at the University of Minnesota and one Logan Cooley. I was told I happened to sit into a meeting by mistake, kind of. Actually, I was having dinner at an AHL game, and I heard from very credible sources tell me that the Coyotes have made a very good proposal to one Logan Cooley about six weeks ago. And uh, in their words, he didn't answer. <laughs> so if you're, your number three overall pick doesn't answer you on a proposal to play in the NHL, you got issues. Well, there's articles um, about that now that have come out that he, it, because of the uncertainty with the Coyotes, yeah. he's going to go back now and play the season at Minnesota. Yeah. And, and I, I think, and Nick, I want to get your thought on this too, but I agree with Steven saying, cause it's a hundred percent true, but, um, does Logan Cooley become the first player in a long time of that high stature to just play out his college career and become a free agent? Mm. That's a tricky one because, again, I think the next – oh, geez, let's, let's put it this way. I said 100 days. I'm still sticking with that. I think the next 100 days is going to determine whether Logan Cooley does that or not, right? Because, again, had Tempe, the proposal gone through – Maybe he does sign. You know, maybe he doesn't because maybe he sees he's playing in Mold Arena. You know, each athlete has their own. Can I, can I put something to that, Nick? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, he was going to sign. If that if that vote had passed, he would have signed, and they would have used him uh, along with Josh Doan as two big pieces to the future, and the excitement would have been building building around him. So, yeah, there. I don't believe that from what I've been told, and I have a pretty credible source, he would have been an Arizona Coyote had that vote passed. But also now he also feels now that he can go back to Minnesota and have a really good season there and, and brings, you know, help help them uh, in their pursuit of a, of a championship there. So maybe it's a, it's, it works out both ways. But but he says here in this quote here, he says, for sure, uh, he responded in a video news conference, he says, I was kind of leaning towards going pro, but at the same time, they're both great options. Some of this could be, uh, you know, player speak. So either way, if the, the vote went through or didn't, in the back of my head, I still feel like I have a lot left to do in college hockey. And to be honest, I really haven't won that much either, so. Uh, that's that, that's a coach statement. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, players speak, right? <laughs> that's players speak, and that's definitely taught. You know, that's definitely his agent telling him this is what you say, right? Because that's that, that's exactly what it is, Stephen. I hate to say it, but that that's a that's a that's a fabricated. Yeah, statement. it sounds it sounds like that it's, for sure. It's, it's 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 very fabricated. So to finish to finish my point, Cooley would have signed had Tempe 
would have gone there, and Scott, that's where I was going originally with, with my answer is, yes, he would have been an Arizona Coyote. Now you've got some fan interest. You've got a building coming up. Now you're at ground zero. You're literally looking at, you know, dirt or a landfill if you're in Tempe, and you're going, well, what the heck do we do now, right? It's it's a dumpster fire. It really is, and, and I hate to, to use that phrase. It's It's been pretty strong, you know, pretty strong words, but that's where we're at, and I do think – Logan Cooley does have a chance to play out his college career. I don't think he wants to because he he's ready to be pro. This is this is the one thing Scott is he's ready to turn pro. And so, but does the Arizona Coyote situation keep a guy that could literally sign with any team? If it was any other team, he would he would he would be a pro player right now, right? Uh, does the uncertainty keep him at Minnesota longer than? And does that hurt? His game, does that hurt that it stunts his development? I don't think so, because that's the other side of the coin is, you know, when when you're just skating circles around your competition, you're not really growing. You're not really, you know, getting ready for the next level. So uh, to me, it's interesting. He could do it. But at the end of the day, uh, the next 100 days, I think will be telling, because if the Coyotes can at least try to put something together to stay there, or whether we start hearing more concrete news of, hey, you know, Eric, Alex Marawalo, and I think it's Alex Smith, if I remember correctly, the Salt Lake City owner. Um, I could be wrong on that. You know, they've met. They're looking to try to sell and move the team. Either way, something has got to happen that's going to showcase what the future of this franchise holds for Coley to do anything to sign his pro contract with the Coyotes. I know somebody that would not be happy if the if an NHL team goes to Salt Lake. It's uh, some guy that's owned some wineries and some bunch of stuff in Wyoming because uh, they've the Golden Knights have brand themselves as a team of the Rockies and if they if they uh, and they get that market up there and if the if they move a team to Salt Lake then they they would lose that but that that's certainly a viable option I mean they've played NHL games up there at Vivint Arena for preseason and stuff and and it it could work uh, I think some of the sight lines are not the best but they, they could fix all that but um, but I, you know they certainly well, could let, let me jump in there Stephen real quick. Um, because, uh, like Paul said, uh, I, I agree with what he said about expansion, but here's the deal. Uh, the bottom line to this thing is the NHL has a pretty good TV market in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, if they were going to relocate, they would not want to relocate, I don't believe, to Salt Lake City. And here's why. Because Salt Lake City is going to have a bunch of money coming up, as Paul mentioned, to get the Olympics back. They want to build a state-of-the-art building up there. So their building is not really ready. And if the Coyotes were to relocate from Phoenix to Houston, it's almost a wash in TV markets, which means the NHL is not going to have nearly the problem uh, with ESPN and TNT and all of the TV contracts because they're not giving away a big market for a smaller market. They're kind of just getting a wash. And uh, with the fact that it would be new and exciting, I think – uh, the TV guys would love it to be in uh, in Houston. So I I think what's going to happen is they're they're going to relocate to Houston, and then we're going to add two teams. And then Paul thinks four. I think two, but I think they'll add two teams, and one of them will be Salt Lake City. Who will that team will come in right after the Olympics, whenever they get that, and uh, it'll have a brand new, spanking new, state of the art building to play in. I'm with you on that, Scott. Um, again, you, you, you know, you, the, the money talks, right? And especially with the, the new ESPN national deal, you, you can't drop viewership numbers. You just can't. If 
your favorite players, um, such as even your Vegas Golden Knights, which have had no cap issues at all the last couple of years. If you no, want that no, salary, no, they haven't. I mean, look, no, no, because we've been able to put players on LTIR. That's what. That's why. That's cap anyway, no I'm kidding. Uh, but you know, but if you want the salary cap era to you know to get better, and you want you know player escrow to go away, which everybody in the league they just want to get that era over with. Here in many in Minnesota, we want you know minus the COVID, we were hoping that the Parisian suitor contract buyouts wouldn't be such anchor to us and it is so here we go we want the cap to go up too right to do that you need to keep that money up there and scott's 100 percent right you have to go to houston i think you could go back to you know could you go back to arizona in seven six years and maybe that's where the four comes into play where you go to salt lake you go to arizona again atlanta and then maybe you get you give quick uh quebec city a bone or maybe is it hartford i don't know it's probably more likely two than it is four at least off the bat, but Houston's got to be number one. Yeah, but yeah, how many? How many? Te- I mean, how many teams does the NHL where they say, "Okay, we have enough"? I mean, right now there's 32 teams, never, never and enough. I mean, how many? How many? <laughs> how many is going to be the? <laughs> I mean, these other sports are all. I mean, expansion is so it's so rare. I mean, because it's like, yeah. I mean, I know I know there's there's talk of expanding eventually in in, in the NBA or maybe baseball they might eventually, but. You know, it's it's you're you're you're, tr- you're, you're, you're chasing dollars, Stephen. It's not about the yeah. number of teams. You're chasing dollars, and you're competing with the other sports leagues for those same TV contracts. Yeah, seven hundred fifty to a billion dollars each time they get a new t- a new team comes into uh, expansion. That's that's a good amount of money. Well, it is, and plus, again, you're trying to weed out the bad owners, right? You're you're trying to set a precedent that you know if you're mean business, here's just you know your entrance fee, here's your ticket into the gate, and then on top of that. You know, here's what we expect as a minimum, right? I would think almost in a weird, sick and twisted way that the Arizona Coyotes have sort of set that precedent so that way they're trying to avoid another situation like we are doing currently in Arizona, right? So, and and to throw another wrench on top of that is that, let's not forget that, shall we say, the regional sports networks, like Valleys, let's just say that their dollars aren't always guaranteed right now. They're in a bankruptcy protection filing, right? So yeah, there's a lot of issues with regional sports network. Right? I mean, the Golden Knights just, yeah. So at the end of the day, Stephen, it's not about teams. It's about how can we make sure we're financially secure and for the NHL, which is still number four in the terms of top four of the sports, you know, franchises that are out there, leagues beyond the NFL. They're getting close to the NBA, close to the MLB. But you always got to be looking how do I keep growing up that ladder because if you don't, you're going to end up back in a situation where you're talking contraction and then all of a sudden bigger problems come around. So uh, expansion means you can sell bigger TV market revenues. Uh, you get more eyes onto the game. And this is why, again, we go back to the same point, why the NHL has refused to leave Arizona, because, again, if they do, there's much bigger ripple effects than just the fans, just the history of that franchise. It goes much further into the pocketbooks of the ownership, the league itself, and that's just something they don't want to risk if they have to. And this is also why Houston makes the most sense as far as relocation, at least initially. Again, can't rule out Salt Lake, but it would be less of a strain financially to the league if they go to Houston first and then expand to Salt Lake again, as Scott mentioned, at the Olympics, where they're going to have probably a more hockey-ready arena, more state-of-the-art, ready to welcome any expansion franchise. Yeah, totally totally agree with everything you just said, Nick. Ah, let's see. Uh, I want to say this so people don't misconstrue this. This is not a conversation about the hockey fans in Arizona. They There is a group 
a very large group of diehard hockey fans that love the game, appreciate the game, love the team. This is not an indictment on them. This is about ownership. It's been about ownership since day one. They went into America West Arena at that time um, and did not have a facility that was NHL quality. There was a group of seats on the end, and I've been there, so I know, where you could not see one of the goals. You couldn't sell those tickets for full price, and people were unhappy. So they finally moved. They didn't move to Glendale because the owner said, I want to have a perfect spot for my hockey team. The owner moved him there because he needed a building to sell the land around it, which he owned. And then guess what? After he sold, after he built the building and sold the land around it, he sold the team. <laughs> so, so there's that. And then you look at the ownership that they've had since then. They've had guys that couldn't afford it, went into bankruptcy. The other guys have had problems. And then Alex Marillo comes in, and uh, you know he has had a number of issues, and some of them maybe his fault, some maybe not. But um, one of the things is uh, he came in during the pandemic, and he came in on the tails of Seattle's expansion money, which helped. But But then there was no revenue. And then I think he called the bluff of the city of Glendale, and they told him, no, this is the way it's going to be, um, and don't don't push us. And he pushed them, and they said, fine, we'll just take ice out. We'll renovate the, uh, the facility because there's a brand-new casino on Indian land not far from the Glendale Arena, and that's been renamed the Desert Diamond uh, Arena. So they have a concert venue. They can get 42 dates or more easily filled with concerts, and uh, and work with the tribe to uh, to make money at that place. So they didn't need the headaches of NHL hockey and, a, and an ownership group that was, um, I don't know what the right word is. But so anyway, this has been an indictment on ownership from day one. It's never been an indictment about whether hockey can make it in the desert or whether the fans would support it or not. Um, th- you know, when they went, they had really good years and got to the Western Conference Finals. That place was sold out. It was rocking. So it's not that fans won't support it; it's that they gotta have they gotta have the right location, the right building, and more importantly, the right owner. Yeah, hundred percent, Scott. And I think, you know, it, we can't say it enough, right? The if there's any more group of people, right, that has had the short end of the stick through this entire debacle for the last what twenty years, it's been the fans. And let's not forget, Arizona has produced. Guys like Austin Matthews, who was a perennial all-star in the National Hockey League. There is a market for hockey in Arizona. They do, the fans are there, are passionate hockey fans. We heard the same thing with Steven's Vegas Golden Knights, and that is a hockey hotbed right now. And it just goes to show you when you have the right ownership, the right management, maybe some quirky, uh, fairly awesome expansion rules. That That's a side note. Um, you know, it, it can work. And I think that's where we're at is it hasn't worked yet. These fans deserve better. They really do. And they do need an ownership group. They do need a concrete plan that says we don't have to deal with this anymore. And so whatever the NHL figures out, whether it is it's time to take this particular franchise, move them to Houston, and we'll come back to Arizona with something fresh, an expansion, whatever that is, sure, but if you only do that if you have to, because the fans of the Coyotes deserve better, and they deserve a franchise that is a winning franchise, one that's ran well, and one that benefits not only the team, but also the community. 
Well, it can happen because you look at the Winnipeg Jets, left Winnipeg, and they went to where? They went to that became the Arizona, and then of course, uh, and of course, Winnipeg eventually did get a team back years and years later. So, uh, I guess if they moved out of Arizona, it's not unforeseen that they couldn't get a, a team back in the in the future, uh, and, and when they're more ready to to have it. Uh, well, to have it. yeah, Nate, that's got to start as Nick said with with good ownership and also with um, a, a quality building that's got to be built. You can't just uh, have pipe dreams about a new building. You have to, you have to have it ready and built. Okay, um, so we can come back to that, talk about that some other time. But and I'm sure we will all summer long. But I want to talk a little bit about what's going on. And, and Stephen, I'm going to make you wait. <laughs> you know I am <laughs> for the NHL story. But the AHL side of things, um, what's happening out here in Palm Springs is unbelievable. They have risen literally from the desert. Um, they started I like their what you season. did there, Rizzi. <laughs> Talk about a phoenix, <laughs> phoenix rising. Well, there right. I just used the phoenix. The firebirds. On there. Firebirds, yeah. <laughs> anyway, they have, you know, we talked about this guys a while ago when we said, are they ever going to get this building done? What's it going to look like? Are they have a kind of team? Where are they, you know, why are they selling merchandise? We, we had all these questions and all of a sudden up it comes. And in the middle of December, they they come out they come in and play their first original home game despite being on the road for the first twenty two games of the year. Now they are one series away from playing for the Calder Cup in their inaugural season, and this team I, and I've been there uh, multiple times, very close to this team. Uh, it is electric, and the co- the coach that they hired in Dan Bylsma and uh, bringing in a guy like um, Stu Bickle and bringing in. Um, um, Jessica Campbell to uh, to run things and and guys. By the way, before I go too far than that, in case you're wondering about what Jessica Campbell does, she she runs power play, <laughs> and these guys pay attention to what she does, like uh, like like she's Wayne Gretzky. Um, so th- this place has been electric. They keep finding different ways to wins. I joke with Dan Bilesma a couple of days ago about. I said, you know, I, I see your team is, is twofold, a team that either comes out and destroys you early on or a team that, that doesn't come out fast and eventually just starts slowly building throughout the course of the second, third period and finds a way to win at the end. And he kind of smiled at me, and I said, is that about right? And he goes, well, yeah, I think you missed a few of them. But, yeah, pretty much that's the way our season's been. Yeah, I mean, for Coachella Valley to do what they've done, and again, you know, going back to the arena, going back to the head coaching hire and Dan Bilesma, again, a guy that's coached at the NHL level, won a cup. You know, at, at the end of the day, you know, you, you wanted to have a good start. And I think, Scott, what we saw was this team over those first 22 games actually had a pretty good record. And I think that was the key, right? If they could find a way to survive that tumultuous first 22 days, again, mid to end December, their first ever home game, and then they had a, a home-heavy schedule the rest of the way out. If this team, you know, and I, and I hate to bring a college hockey reference into this, but, you know, it was almost like the pod in the NCHC where these guys, you know, when you're traveling, you're getting to know each other, you know, you're bonding, and you kind of wonder if just the bond that this team has built from the beginning parts of the season while they were on the road and probably being around each other probably quite a bit, right, that that has played into a part, and look at what it's done on the ice, right? They just took out the best regular season team in the Calgary uh, Calgary uh, Wranglers, 
And now, as you mentioned, one series away from a Calder Cup final appearance and what a first season. You couldn't have scripted any better if you're Coachella Valley uh, for the players. Again, former St. Clouder, Jimmy Schultz. Again, former Minnesota, you know, you talked about Stu Bickle, former uh, Gopher Blue Liner, and then assistant coach as well. Uh, you know, what the heck, right? This, this team is, is kind of, they've got that Cinderella story feeling to it, and, you know, they, they still got some, some games to win, but, man, have they been fun to watch. Well, they they do, and they're they're a great team. I mean, when I saw them, every time I saw them coming to the Henderson, uh, they were a a really good. Uh, they they ran the plays very well. They obviously had a lot of speed and talent, and and they have a really good and obviously good goaltending as well. And and uh, and look at what Seattle did this year in in the NHL and surprised a lot of people in making the the playoffs and winning a series in the playoffs. So I mean, it just it just shows how how that organization's in a really good place with with the players they have up top and then the players they have in Coachella Valley and and when they've got out their opportunities to go up to Seattle they've they've been a part of there and then if they come back they they contribute to Coachella Valley but now you look at uh, this was just decided a little while ago as we record this on Sunday but uh, the uh, Milwaukee Admirals ended up beating Texas in their series uh, so the Western Conference Finals uh, matchup is going to be uh, Coachella Valley against uh, Milwaukee and uh, Scott, get this on your calendar because the first two games are going to be at Acrisure, Thursday, May 25th, and Saturday, May 27th at 7 p.m. Oh, that's... you already got that. I was I was going to say Wednesday, Friday, because I thought the AHL would probably want to keep dates separate. Uh, we already know the uh, Eastern Conference, but you know what? That's Eastern fine. Eastern Conference they is play, Tuesday they and Thursday. Thursday, right. Games. So I thought they would have gone Wednesday, Friday, but you know maybe they need a little time in between. Uh, maybe it's an arena issue because a lot of places don't expect their teams, their AHL teams, to go this deep. I know there's been some juggling of things here um, for concert dates and things like that because they want to be they want to be prepared at Acrisure um, in case um, their team wasn't playing hockey. They wanted to fill the dates, right? Um, it was kind of funny the other night. They had everybody between the second and third period singing Shania Twain songs because they were trying to sell tickets for Shania Twain uh, coming on the 31st uh, of May. So that's, uh, you know, there's things that have to be juggled with that too. I know that um, Dan Bilesmo will have to redo his, uh, his schedule because he keeps telling us that uh, it's every series is 300 minutes, which would be five games. And now he's got seven game series. It's so a seven game series. Gotta, and it's got to be a 420 minute series. Yeah, and then if you look at the rest of the series, so they'll spend the week of Memorial Day in Milwaukee because uh, it'll be Monday the 29th, and then June 1st and June 3rd will be in Milwaukee. So they'll be there the whole week. And then if it goes 6th or 7th, then it'll be back on June 5th and June 7th at back at Acrisure. So that's the whole seven-game schedule. Yeah, good stuff. Um, okay, let me piggyback one more thing off of Vegas. You, you mentioned, Stephen, about the fact that um, these – the Seattle organization has been top-notch, first-class all the way. Uh, Joey Decord, I asked him that a couple of nights ago at, um, after a shutout win. I said, you know, what, what? what's it like? And he goes, it's just unbelievable. He said, whether you're in Coachella or you're in Seattle, it's top-notch, it's first-class, they take care of us, they all want to win. It's uh, a common denominator, and we're seeing that in the AHL, guys. Um all over, uh, teams are trying to mirror their parent team, if you will, much more in in location, and also what they do on the ice. And Nick, you've seen a lot of uh, a lot of hockey stuff, but that makes a big difference 
um, if you guys are interchangeable. And we're seeing that here in Coachella Valley with Ty Karche and, um, and Jesper Froden. Uh, both went up or with the, the big club in Seattle through the playoff run, then came back and immediately fit right back in and contributed. Yeah, Ty Cartier, what a great contribution he had for the Seattle Kraken. Their uh, two rounds uh, there in the Stanley Cup playoffs are again great jump for a second-year expansion team uh, to have some playoff success. First, you know, making it, right, as Steven said, but then to win a round and you do it against the defending Stanley Cup champion, the Colorado Avalanche, right? And then taking Dallas to seven games as well. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it, and when you're not doing this right, Scott, we're seeing this here in Minnesota, right, where the Iowa Wildcat has all been let go. Tim Army had been at the helm uh, for the last, I think, four or five seasons, but they look at maybe some of their, their top draft choices like Marco Rossi and some of these other guys who, you know, they want more from because – Rossi, and he's kind of a different case, too. I mean, he's had some health issues post-COVID-19 uh, with some myocarditis, but, you know, they feel like it, they're not mirroring them enough and they're not getting their top-end prospects to translate to the NHL. And for the Minnesota Wild, I don't need to tell you guys how cap-strapped they are and the $14.7 million that they cannot spend the next two years. Uh, they are relying on their young talent to come in and be that infusion. And, you know, when it's not up to par, this is what you get, right? So... If Joey Decord is telling us what an organization, and we're seeing guys like Ty Cartier going up and down, and it seems like it's a seamless transition, that's the model of the NHL and the game of hockey as it is. It has to be every, everybody on the same page. You have to be learning the same system because if you don't, you're not developing your players. You're not you know, retaining your draft picks because either they're not fit, and then you're trading them off, and you're getting another question mark, right? So it's just good business that way. Uh, it's just good to see it pitch in uh, in Seattle and Coachella Valley and look at the success again, the Western Conference final appearance against Milwaukee and uh, hoping to uh, bring home a Calder Cup here in year one. Is what... Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Stephen, your shot at the NHL right now while you get a chance to watch another overtime game. That's all they play in the uh, NHL playoffs is overtime it's games. It's another one today. Final round. Give us your thoughts on – hold on a minute. Yeah, give us give us your thoughts on why this Vegas Golden Knights team is different than the other six years or five years. Well, I think the first part of that is the coach. I think Bruce Cassidy. It's it's really amazing that you you look at when these decisions are made, and and you look at the decision at the time a year ago to get away from uh, to get away from Pete DeBoer, and even though you look at the time that he was here and wasn't really that's I mean unsuccessful I mean you went to you went to two third round appearances one was in the COVID bubble one was in was against Montreal the, the next year you know they have a bunch of injuries last year and still almost got in so um, you know they make that change and then you bring a guy like Bruce Cassie becomes available and they make that change and and uh, you know it's and then and Golden Knights having similar issues this year with with the injuries and stuff, but they've just been able to to get through it this this year. And now they're fully healthy, obviously, in the playoffs. And and they're you know even the, except for the goaltending a little bit, but that the goaltending's all stepped up. And I think there's that. I think the other part of it, I and I, it's kind of interesting because you know other people in the NHL probably you know. I think that's why Vegas has sort of become kind of the villains. We, we know some of the, some of the, that sort of stuff, but it's because uh, 
they've had all the success in these first six years now, and they've made the playoffs five out of the six years. They've made the, you know, the third round we'll call because it's a couple of years. It wasn't called the conference final. So they've made the third round of the Stanley cup playoffs in four of those uh, five years. And, you know, and then, you know, last year they didn't make the playoffs. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting, I think, but not making the playoffs woke this team up and say, Hey, you know, we, we need to get, we, we, that's not what we want. And, and so now this year they've, it seems like it's almost kind of like season one, you know, where it's like people didn't all year, there were people were, were doubting them. And, and then we had all these scenes happen with injuries, the goaltending, everything. And they, they got through all that. Now in the playoffs, they, they said, Oh, well, you know, even though they were the number one team in the, in the West, they said, Oh, well, they ain't going to, they're not going to be able to beat Winnipeg. Winnipeg's going to agree to all that stuff. And then you got through Winnipeg in five games. And then the last one, oh, Edmonton, Connor McDavid, all this stuff, power plays, you know, all these. And it's a legit thing to say those things. Oh, then Golden Knights aren't going to be able to beat Edmonton. And they took care of Edmonton. And then this year they say, oh, well, Dallas, you know, you get Pete, Pete DeBoer's, you know, coaching against his former team. They get all this talent, all the goaltending, Ottinger, Ottinger. And they're up 2 nothing in this series. So it's 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 like season one. I mean, Scott, you you were kind of following as I was, I was more from afar but you know but you were you were kind of following the first year too and you were doing this stuff and and it just has that feel of the first year except and I think Pete DeBoer has said this people have said this about the Golden Knights this is the best team that they've had and I think when they've they've made the deals that they've made to get these players it's uh I think this is what they envisioned um obviously they've, they've lost some over the time but then Stone has has been advertised I think this is what they've envisioned in Eichel getting his moment on the big stage in the playoffs, and he's he's come through. Plus, the original misfits are have now have their moments and have come through. Like Marsha, so recently, Riley Smith getting on the board a couple of games ago, getting depth scoring from from uh, acquisitions at the deadline. Like Barbashev has been huge for that. So it just seems like everything that the Golden Knights have done this year has been well. has, has gone really well, obviously. So. Um, I think those are the big factors. I mean, it's just. It's, uh, well, I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> Nick, what do you see from afar? I, I know Nick is loving seeing Vegas doing so well. <laughs> oh, I, actually, I do because, you know, that's a well-run franchise. And, and Stephen and Scott, you'll know what it is. What was it that Bruce Cassidy, what is he all about? Defense, puck yeah. management. That is the difference this year to any of the other years, right? Yeah. Part of what lost Pete DeBoer's job last year was, remember, they were in a playoff spot, and they slid. They lost a few games towards the end of the season and essentially took themselves out of a playoff spot, and they felt like there wasn't enough commitment to the defensive side of the puck. You mentioned Jake Eichel. Great offense. We know what he can do. In fact, he was key uh, in today into getting uh, the game tied and then leading to overtime for uh, – for that, for the Golden Knights to win Game Two, but again, Jack Eichel again, he's become a 200-foot player under Bruce Cassidy. He's not getting enough credit for being, and especially the work he did against Connor McDavid in the defensive zone. How he was always there contesting pucks. I was really good around the boards, making those smart reads out of the defensive zone, whether it was carrying the puck up with his feet or making that good first pass. But just making and then blocking shots, right? So that's what Bruce Cassidy has done. He is taken this team, which we all know has had great offensive weapons, Carlson, Riley Smith, Jonathan Marcheseau, Mark Stone, and he's also said, hey, guys, if we're going to win this, we also got to make sure we protect our defensive structure, right? Logan Thompson was your starting goaltender this year. He goes down with injuries. It's been a goaltending carousel, and now it doesn't matter who you put in the net right now. Right now it's Aiden Hill. That This team feels confident that they can win because they play so good in front of the netminder, they clear out rebounds, they allow their goaltender to see pucks, he's not given up, 
you know, shall we say screenshots. They're protecting that area in front of them. And then the transition game is so good where they once they do jump on a puck, they're going north with it. They're getting the puck deep. They're working uh, their opposition below the goal line and then working that puck low to high to get shots through. So it's just those small details, but more importantly, it's how they're defending and then those opportunities they're creating from defense in transition to offense. That's been the Bruce Cassidy difference and why this team is in the West Finals up 2-0 over Dallas. Boy, you guys both hit it right in the head. Um, Steven, let me ask you this, though, because – uh, the other thing that I'm noticing from the Vegas Golden Knights this year versus, as you mentioned, year one when I was there, um, nearly as embedded as you are right now. Um, but uh, what I've seen right now is when when they have injuries this year and they lose players from the goal out, they they go and they, they take a player from the AHL team, the Henderson Silver Knights, and they fit right in. And again, I'm going to go back to Bruce Cassidy on that because I think he not only – uh, teaches the structure that went through Manny Viveros all the way down to Henderson. But I think, so those guys are prepared, first of all. But secondly is, I think what he does is he gives them the opportunities. You see Brett Howden, you see uh, all these guys that, that were um, Paul Cotter earlier on in the year. You see these guys doing things with he confidence brought, at he, the he, NHL he, level, right? He's brought, he recently brought it back, uh, put uh, Teddy Bluger back in the lineup in in the last series, and he's kept him in the lineup. And Bluger had a goal; <laughs> his only a second career a playoff goal. Uh, Bluger did, and was a big goal uh, for the game the other night, uh, the other day against Dallas. So uh, it just seems like every everything you do, and if you want to question it, it just always seems like it it works out in in their favor. Every every lineup decision, you know, taking Phil Kessel out of the lineup. I mean, that must have been that was a tough decision, but. Obviously, it's it's worked out because they 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 had you know Carrier came back and you know and then uh, you know and then they lose Petrangelo for a game so they have to put Hutton in and they they end up getting that game. I mean, it's just all the, everything seems to seems to be going well. And, and I think that you're right though about the being welcomed in the team. And, and I you can kind of you see it in the in the locker rooms when when you're in there you know talking to the players or just you know being you know just seeing that and just seeing how this team is. This this team really is is a loose bunch and it's 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 weird because you know there's there's this pressure to win right i mean you, you think you want to win the, the cup and but i think that at the same time they they are very close with each other and you can just see it when you're you know they, they joke with each other and everything and i'm sure other teams do that but there's just something about the the way this team is made up and and just how everybody really plays for each other and and you know like the goaltending thing that you know it didn't matter who's in there if they if they played it how they're Cassie wants them to play. That doesn't matter uh, because it's, it's supposed to be very goalie friendly, but they want to win for everybody and, and whoever, whoever's in net. So I think all that's been, been good. And when they've been, the Henderson guys have come up, they've, they've been able to get in and, and, and the other players support them and, and want them to, to, be, to be a part of the team and to, while they're there and, and stuff. And it's, it's cool. Even the guys that are around now that are not playing, you know, they're, they're still around and a, a part of this, the team and, you know, and even the guys that are skating on the extras right now, they're at the games and they seem to be they, they seem to be a part of the mix and everything. And and I think that's just a, it's just a, all all positive things for this organization at this point in time is uh, is, you know, now they're getting closer and closer to to win. I think Marshall. So, too, I think he he was right on even today. He said, you know, the we know how it ended the last time we went to the Stanley cup final. We, we kind of maybe got a little ahead of ourselves and stuff, but now they just take it one game at a time. Their focus now is game three in Dallas on Tuesday, winning that game. 
And then if they win that game, then the focus turns to winning game four on Thursday in Dallas to try to win sweep them. If they don't win game three, they said, okay, well, we didn't get it done that night. We'll focus on game four and try to go up through them. And that's the focus is to win. I mean, it's amazing to me, too, that in the last couple of rounds, they've not gotten the first goal in almost any of these games, and yet they've been able to pull off the wins more, more than not. So it's, it's, it's just a matter of <laughs> not getting down on yourselves when you give up that first goal and just turning it right around and, and get it. And today was an interesting game because they didn't really play. I mean, it wasn't a they didn't play terrible, but it was a game that, you know, Dallas was really controlling it. They were not giving the Golden Knights much. Golden Knights maybe just didn't have as much. And then, the, but they kept it close. Hill made some great saves, and and then the third period they they were able to get the goal by Marsha. So they get opportunistic there, and then and then the the overtime winner. So I mean, you get a couple of games like that in the playoffs, uh, you're you're you're, you're going to have going to have a lot of success. And it's just been fun to watch these last couple of months, well, the whole season really, but especially <laughs> these last couple couple of months here as we playoff hockey. Ten, ten wins, <laughs> ten wins in the book, and and six more to go. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, Nick, let me get your thoughts on on two things before uh, before we wind things down tonight. Um, first of all, in the AHL, can Coachella Valley actually get this done? Can they win eight more games and, and take the Calder Cup? Um, and that's part one. Part two is, can the Vegas Golden Knights get this done? Can, is this set up for them now to win, or are they going to run into a buzzsaw, whether it be the rest of the series at Dallas or whoever comes out of the East? Well, let's first start with Coachella Valley. They absolutely can do it, right? You know, when you when you get to the third round and you've had success, now mind you, it went to five games, you know, against Calgary. Again, you're, you're taking down the best regular season team in the American Hockey League, but there's that little moment of celebration, but then it's right back to, to focus, right? There's still work to be done, right? Uh, if there's one thing we've seen with Coachella Valley is this team knows that it's one game at a time, like Stephen mentioned with Vegas, right? So I do believe they can do it. They've got the goaltending. They've got the offensive power. They've got the defense. They've got the structure. Um, and now they've got momentum and they've got belief, right? That's a couple of things that you need to go in a deep playoff run. Uh, and it starts now with Milwaukee here in a couple of days. I really do think they have a good shot. Now, Milwaukee's a different breed. Uh, play a little bit more of a heavier, you know, style, per se. Uh, so Coachella Valley will have to uh, sort of, you know, relinquish that with their speed and, and their skill up front to try to push them back a little bit. Uh, but I think they can do it. I really do. Uh, for Vegas, they're going to run into a bus uh, with Dallas, right? Now, mind you, the Stars have had a relatively, shall we say, much more smoother run but here's the thing with dallas is the last couple of series is when you get to game three slash game fours they've been able to make some coaching adjustments and be able to really stifle the opponent's four check especially to the neutral zone so i would expect dallas to come out very heavy in game number three really try to slow down vegas it's not going to be easy i still feel like vegas has the advantage here but this series to me, still has seven, six or seven games written on it because Dallas is not going to roll over. Uh, they have the talent to push back. They're going to be in home ice. They're going to have the matchups that they want. Uh, and at the end of the day, they've been two overtimes games, right? Could be easily be talking about how Vegas is down 0-2 and that they're trying to search for answers as well. So if you're Dallas, yeah, you're discouraged. You're down you know, two games to none, but they're two overtime games. It's one shot in each game. So with that, it's a little bit of a grain of salt, and I think the players going home are going to be rejuvenized, and they're going to have another rush of energy playing in front of their home fans in Dallas. Uh, I do feel like the series is probably going to come back to Vegas 
tied to a piece. I think it will be Vegas in seven, but it's definitely going to be a long haul. Well, I'll say one thing. If, if it goes seven games, and, and this kind of goes back to, you know, counting people not counting Vegas out. Oh, people are picking Vegas and seven, but uh, Pete DeBoer has a perfect record in uh, in game sevens in his career. So, uh, oh, don't say that. Well, Vegas I, gonna, people are scared now. <laughs> no, that I'm saying it so maybe it it, it jinx and it it finally he'll lose one. You know, oh. maybe it's a, <laughs> love it. Leave it to you it's to like, come it's up like, with it's that. It's like it's like using the word shutout. Like, oh, the goaltender's got this sort of shutout streak going, and then boom, you know, they give up a goal, right? So that's the, <laughs> he's got to really get, but, so. But, I, Let me hear right. your thoughts. Nick is Let right me... though. If, Nick is right though. If if it's if it's Dallas is 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 right. I mean, it, it, there's there's a they're down two zero, and I think this loss probably will hurt more than in game one because uh, game one they admitted that they, they didn't really they play their game and to how they wanted, and, and Vegas deserved to win. But this was a game today that Dallas probably deserved to win because they were the better team for a good portion of it until the last few minutes of it there. And then, and then the overtime game or winner, but, uh, but yeah, Dallas is going to go home. They're going to have the two games at home so they, they can hold serve and win two games at home. Um, I think that's going to be a must uh, in this situation. Uh, I think if, if they lose one of those games, obviously they're going to be down three, one and the series will come back to Vegas for a fifth game. Uh, so that's going to be, uh, a tough You've battle. already predicted that, haven't you? You predicted a Vegas win in five. Well, that would be. I mean, if if you're a Vegas fan, that would be the dream <laughs> scenario. I mean, the dream scenario would be would, would be sweep them. But if 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 that doesn't happen, I guess the second best scenario, uh, and and maybe what the Golden Knights would love, uh, you know, the the production people, the people that you know do the games and stuff at the party at T-Mobile, home, maybe. Yeah, party at can, home. They can clinch the the Western Conference championship on their home ice. Uh, at T-Mobile Arena, which is which is always ideal, you know, if you you want to do it in front of your home fans, but you just want to win, the, <laughs> but you want to win the series whenever you can win it. So, you know, I I don't see this being a sweep, but you know, I mean, if if they can split the two in Dallas, and Vegas has been a very good road team this year, and if they can split the two two in Dallas, um, then they'll come back home for a game five and and have a chance to to clinch it at home, see, which they were series. able to do against Winnipeg. This isn't and, a series until you lose in home ice, right? So there's still plenty. exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So Back. I mean, the, okay. So which is different than which is different than what happened in the Eastern Final because now you have the team like Florida, who won two overtime games on the road in Carolina, and now Carolina's down 0-2, having to go to Florida and having to try to overcome that, which is a lot more of a tougher task than maybe what what Dallas faces going home down 0-2, but but feeling like they can still play with Vegas, obviously with being the two games going to overtime and as Nick said a couple of shots here and there and maybe we're talking maybe a one one series or O two series or two O series for Dallas. So yeah, Dallas is still very much in this. Okay. Let's uh let's wrap it up by Stephen, let me ask you can Coachella Valley get this thing done? Can they win this whole thing? Absolutely. I mean I think I think you beat a team like uh, Calgary. Calgary was uh, the best regular season uh, team in the AHL this year. They they beat them. Calgary or Coachella Valley was the second best uh, team in the AHL this year. So they they certainly can do that. Um, I don't know much about uh, Milwaukee. I haven't really looked into to their uh, season this year too much about them. But you know they're 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 a decent team. I mean they knocked off uh, Texas here, and they've also knocked off uh, uh, Manitoba and. And uh, so, I mean, they, they have a they have a chance to do it. I mean, Coachella Valley has the home ice advantage, which is going to be very uh, important uh, as, as it's been in this in this series. It's even interesting because even in the Calgary series, uh, they had the 
even though Calgary had the better record, the Coachella Valley ended up with that that uh, third game at home uh, because of scheduling things and just because the way they they do the the format there and and having to you know cut down on travel and everything. So uh, this this format will be a two three two format. So uh, there's less travel involved with that. So two in Coachella Valley, then they'll spend the week in Milwaukee for the three games if it goes that far. Oh, then. that should be just wonderful. So, anyway, I know you're looking forward <laughs> for a late May trip to Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin there. Anyway, uh, let me give you three names to watch for for the Admirals. Let me give you four. Uh, three that I know and one that uh, I think is a difference maker. Nick, uh, you can chime in on this, and then we'll say goodnight. Um, Roland McEwen. Um, watch him play in, in Denver with the or, or in Loveland with the Colorado Eagles. Kiefer Sherwood, watch him play there as well. Jordan Gross, watch him play uh, with the uh, the Arizona Coyotes and the uh, – uh, well, also in Colorado, but also in uh, Tucson. And uh, one Spencer Statsny. Um, <laughs> Nick, your thoughts on, on the Admirals? Are they going to be a formidable opponent for Coachella Valley or will Joey Decord and the boys – just uh, wipe them out. You know, it, it's always formidable at this stage of the playoffs, right, Scott? And there are two different teams that play two different styles. Uh, again, they've got talent up front themselves. I mean, you don't get this far by accident, right? You don't get to uh, West Finals because, you know, the other team tripped. You, know, you had to earn it. So it's going to be formidable. Uh, you mentioned those four names. Uh, again, it's more about the style for me. It's can Coachella Valley use its speed? to keep Milwaukee off of its physical presence. That's really going to be the key. Uh, if, if Coachella Valley can, can skate, they can work below the Milwaukee goal line and just sort of make them defend and not be able to get on their forecheck and kind of pound you into your own end boards, they'll have a chance. Uh, so this is going to be a good, a good matchup. Uh, it, it's, it's got, again, a long series written all over it. But, again, they're a good team. Good stuff, Nick. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. I know it's a late night for you out uh, in in Minnesota, so we obviously appreciate your time. Stephen, good stuff from you as well. Uh, keep the uh, NHL stuff uh, rolling while I try to keep the AHL rolling and try to stay upright. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the most important thing is staying upright and stuff. So. <laughs> All right, take it away, my friend. From the Tag Creative Group Studios, this has been the Pro Hockey West Report presented by Toyota. The Tag Creative Group, your one-stop shop for unique designs or that one-of-a-kind gift idea for yourself or someone special. Search for T. Grand Rudd on redbubble.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, Las Vegas' best barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard or at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Behind the Mask, find any of our three Valley locations and more at behindthemask.com, whether you play on ice, in line, or uh, Caesars Sportsbook app. Play responsibly at the only app that earns you Caesar Rewards points. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian comfort food, quickly in Tempe, Pine Top, and Queen Creek. Order online at thespaghettishack.com. Top Golf, go to topgolf.com to set up your next business meeting or group outing at our sports bar and restaurant. Jets Pizza since 1978, better pizza because it has to be. Find one of the over 400 locations near you at jetspizza.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Book your stay now at any of our locations around the world, Caesars.com. The Pro Hockey West Report is live every week on the Podbean app. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Help others find it at ITHSW Podcast, all one word. It's ITHSW Podcast, all one word, on your favorite podcast platform. 
the Pro Hockey West Report presented by Toyota as a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. Uh, keep us in tune to what's going on in the NHL. I will do my best with the AHL, and we'll see everybody back here again live on our normal time on Thursday nights. Uh, back to 6.30, Stephen. We'll be doing the 6.30 show unless there's a game that, that conflicts, but that's what we're planning on from now, so we'll say goodnight. Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, hello, New Day. Good night, everybody.